With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Mornings, right here on SEN. Yeah, Phil Pry with you on Mornings for this third and final hour before we hit afternoons, of course, as well. So we are flying through the rundown here today, filling in for Matty White, of course, for, uh, for one last time this morning. Kicking off January, it is the 3rd of January. It's a Tuesday as well for those at home that have no clue what day of the week it is. That was me for about seven or eight days over the uh, over the Christmas period, of course. Um, but yeah, certainly enjoying my time in here and a big thank you to those that have been texting in as well. 0457 736 736. Yeah, we've been chatting a little bit about uh, Chris Lynn and uh, joining the Strikers, of course, from the Brisbane Heat and whether or not it was the right call for the Brisbane Heat to allow him to leave. Um, and, you know, was it a good signing for the strikers given, of course, the fact that he's only here for half of the the tournament before heading overseas to the Middle East. So, um, yeah, Stuart texted us in. It leaves a, a hole in the strikers in the finals with Lynn and Khan leaving. It certainly does. We did mention before, though, they will get a couple of the, the Aussies back from the, the test fold. Uh, head and carry. So that they will be filling some of that void. And, and maybe that's what made the recruitment of uh, Chris Lynn quite smart, uh, you know, given given the fact that um, they knew that they've got guys to fill for the first half of the tournament, but then they get those two back. So maybe maybe there was some collaboration there in terms of uh, the, the roster management in Adelaide. Uh, if so, they've, I think they've they've done that pretty well. And uh, the reptile, hello, the reptile. So we have, of course, been talking about selection for this Aussie test team as well, heading into the pink test. We might get news on uh, on that in the, as soon as in this final hour of mornings, hopefully, fingers crossed. It'd be great to chat about it. But the reptile text in, get a shagger. Honestly, Australia could pick John Howard to bowl and he'd probably take three wickets against the Proteus. <laughs> Thanks for that. The reptile, and uh, yeah, look, you're probably not wrong. Let's face it. Uh, that's why I would like to. I, I just want to see Swepson. I want to see what he can do on this uh, SCG wicket. But I, I don't know how that all works. If they're also picking line, of course, and Ashton Agar. We'll have to wait and see. Now, I believe we've got Chris from Rose Bay on the line, potentially to chat a, a, about someday, perhaps an NFL game. In Sydney, Chris from Rose Bay, what say you? Yeah, Phil, look, um, I'm just thinking about Sydney. I would love the game to be played here. But at the same time, if Melbourne put up a compelling case, I think they'll fill out the MCG. um, And Mm. I'll go down for it. Um, Mm. I'd love to see a a game live. I saw the baseball here when it was at the uh, SCG, but... um, I'd still go to Melbourne, but I just think ninety-five to hundred thousand at the G. I'm pretty sure they'd fill it. They'd fill it out. Yeah, I think that'd yeah. be pretty spectacular as well. 
it'd be just a such a great advertisement for Australian sport as well for Americans who don't, you know, don't really have the AFL and the NRL on the radar apart from a, you know, a minority over there to see a full MCG that would blow them away. That's what I'm thinking. Um, and I, I'm a Sydney sider, so I'd love it to be here, but I could also see that they would mount a compelling case to, to have it in Melbourne and play it at the G because to me, it just looks perfect for the G with 95 to a hundred thousand in just on the strikers as well. You had a caller just then or a text to come um, regarding the strikers. The thing is they've got to get to the semis. I mean, they've yeah, lost four games in a row now anyway. So that's the thing. They're, they're not exactly a, a lot to make it into the semis anyway. They've got to start trying to win a few games. You're certainly, you're certainly not wrong, Chris. Uh, the, yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, I suppose there is still time for, I don't know, pretty much any of these teams, you know, given the fact that the Hurricanes, they were on, on the bottom heading in the last night's game. They're now back up to sixth, uh, six matches, three wins, three losses. The Strikers, they currently sit in fourth. They have played the seven games, uh, like several teams in the tournament so far. They're three wins, four losses. So, there's just so many teams right in that middle stages. It all it, it all depends what happens from this point forward. So, yeah, certainly take your point, but the strikers are certainly not out of it either. So um, if they can get Carey yeah. and, and head back and, you know, get on a roll and win two or three games in a row, they probably will sneak into that, you know, third or fourth position. But it is definitely something that we have to monitor. Their recent form has been pretty bad. Yeah. It's a crapshoot, isn't it, really? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it depends who's going to come off on the day, who's going to hit the runs. Um, I mean, this, the, the Hurricanes could beat anybody on their day because they're mm. just awesome with their batting lineup. But at the same time, <laughs> you've got to do it. Um, yeah. They've all got to do it. They've all got potential match winners, but um, it's whether they come off or not. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like to be trying to, project what's going to happen in this competition <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your call chris thank you to chris from rose bay for calling in there gibbo we'll get the panel up back on just quickly uh uh cricket mad panel up gibbo the hurricanes they were my tip to to win this thing uh heading into the tournament it's been a it's been a slow start for them yeah that they like Chris was saying, it's so fickle 2020 because if it comes off, you look like a great guy, a great side, a great batting lineup. And if it doesn't, you don't look so good. But I reckon that they'll come good at the Hobart Hurricanes. Yeah. Big crowds always down there in Launceston and in Hobart. And they've got sort of class all along that top order. Matty Wade, of course, who is, we've seen what he's done in the Australian T20 lineup. And he, he still believes that he can uh, play a part in our white ball side. Caleb Jewell, Ben McDermott, who opened up last night, looked okay. And then Tim David, who, you know what he's done in the last 12 months, but he hasn't really fired a shot, Mm. this big bash. And one thing I've noticed, his fielding really has been a bit average. Mm. I've thought Darcy Short, similar average in the field. But they've got got star power all over the side. And then what about Paddy Dooley? I mean, relatively unknown coming into this big bash. He had that abstract style and he's taking wickets and a, a big players too. He's getting out. So look, I, I think they'll come good. The Hobart hurricanes. Um, but there's just so much more cricket to be played when we've got that long season for what now another one or two seasons. Uh, I can still see the Hobart hurricanes sneaking in and what is their top five or top six? 
go through. I think it's the top six because there's rep charge, eliminator finals. Like most teams will get through. And if they get through, I reckon they could win it. Yeah. Those unknown bowlers that they've been the, that's been one of the stories of probably the last six or seven years in this competition, because initially we did see all these massive names, you know, De Villiers, McCullum coming into the the fold down under. It's been harder to get that star power. But I think part of the, the problem over recent seasons has been that teams have thought, well, the better strategy is finding unknown bowlers that no one's really got uh, done their homework and their research on, bringing them in. And then all of a sudden they give, a, they give batsmen problems. And yeah. they're good for wins. They're not good for crowds. Um, no. And I think that has been one of the, the problems that the, the Big Bash has, has faced the last kind of several seasons. For sure. And the Hobart Hurricanes specifically, they sort of pivoted away. I think Ricky Ponting's down there with Darren Chuck Berry, who's on our SEN Big Bash Nation. They pivoted towards, they, they recruited, I think, three or four Pakistani players mm. this year. And they were sort of thinking the idea behind that was that, well, they're all going to be comfortable together and we'll see how that goes. And, and whether or not that's worked remains to be seen. But I reckon they'll strike a bit of fire. But yeah, like I said earlier, I'm enjoying the big bash this year. It's it's good to see the Melbourne Stars right down the bottom. I think They got unlucky mm. with uh, Glenn Maxwell being injured, Marcus Stoinis, who yeah. had that great innings a couple of nights ago. Uh, just, just they are the glamour side, and it's always good to see a glamour side <laughs> right down the bottom. Yeah, and big game for them today, the Stars up against the Melbourne Renegades in a derby down there. It feels like it was only 10 minutes ago we did this, but it is time once again for Charlie's Controversy Corner. Welcome back in, Chuck. We just can't keep you away. No, uh, even though you try to barricade the doors, I still managed to find a way in. I've got a bit no, of a, we're just yeah. trying to get this air conditioning to work, to be honest. It's, it's got nothing new with you well, personally. Well, it's still working out back as well. And I got a text from our uh, from James, our, uh, our, our beloved techie here, saying to stop complaining. Uh, no, we'll complain as long as we like and as uncomfortable as we are. The higher-ups are listening. So this is our chance to, yeah. you know, to make ourselves heard. Yeah, Do you reckon exactly. Kyle and Jackie I'll have to uh, deal with a sauna? No, that, 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 they'd walk out, I reckon. Oh, really? Well... I reckon the, the yeah, <laughs> the beads of sweat coming down from Carl's face. Oh, um, dear, I've dear. got a bit of an update for you about the the highest rated uh, NFL game in Australia. Yep. Now, because of pay TV subscriptions um, and streaming services, we don't have the actual numbers. But what I can say is that the Eagles Cowboys, uh, their Christmas Eve our uh, or their Christmas Eve game, our Christmas Day. Uh, the Eagles versus Cowboys just recently had 47,000 uh, okay. viewers just on KO. Wow. And that was without Jalen Hurts And that was without starting. Jalen Hurts as well uh, with Gardner Minshew, uh, Uncle Rico. And that was actually... That was just on KO. That was just on KO. was 47,000, but they said on pay TV a lot more people uh, tuned in. Yeah. Um, so that was the highest rated uh, NFL game in Australia. And I've had a right. look, look. It's been trending year on year on year. Yeah. So I think you could be right. Yeah. I've... I think with all the factors coming into this with holidays, no cricket on, I think is a big one. Yeah. Um, and because it's between two really high fancy teams, you've got uh, my pick for the Super Bowl, the Buffalo Bills, uh, against probably my favorite quarterback, not named Tom Brady, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, Joe Shiesty or Joe Brrr, however you want to call him. I, I think it's going to be a high rated game. So I think you're pretty spot on that prediction. Yeah, well, no, yeah. that's fascinating that this uh, Christmas Day game was the was the the highest rated so far, and and that just goes to show that it is a sport that's growing in interest 
in Australia. I'd take my so one of my dad's best mates, Damien, who's uh, actually tuning in from Adelaide right now. He's you know well into his uh, well past his fifties, and he, he's only just got into it in the last in the last year or so. He he loves it. He's at home more and can watch more, but. It's not just the young crowd which are which are rising the the numbers of the NFL. I think that you, you're getting fans of all ages that are that are actually coming to the sport because it it's on at a great time of day for a lot of people that might not necessarily have those nine to five jobs or something like that. They might be shift workers or they might be working from home these days and they can put it on in the background or or, or what have you. It's just a sport growing in popularity down under. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, speaking of the, the shift workers, you're right. Like for most people, Monday mornings are, are the worst when you go into work. For me, it's probably my favourite time of day because mm. uh, I wake up at four, get in the office at four thirty, whack on uh, red zone at five, and <laughs> it's just nonstop football all, all morning. But yeah, and and then you know when I get home at one, I'm catch pretty much the second half onwards of Sunday night football game. Uh, with the controversy, we're sticking with American sports. Are you a big NBA fan? At all, Phil? Yeah, yeah, reasonably. Yeah, yeah but who's your team out of out of interest? The Portland Trailblazers. Wow, I think you're the, probably the first person <laughs> I've ever met that supports Portland Trailblazers. But if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, uh, we'll keep listening, but just maybe you want to walk away because I'm going to say something a bit controversial. I think it's time to start again for the Phoenix Suns. So okay. earlier today, they got blown out by the New York Knicks. Yeah, um, one hundred two to eighty three. Yeah. Uh, the the first and only result of today on what is a, a big slate of NBA games. Yeah, uh, they uh, midway through the second quarter, the Knicks went on a twenty one and zero run. Uh, they were down, uh, I think, fifty two to to twenty three at at halftime. Just n- n- not what you want from a, a team that uh, the previous year made um, the conference uh, or head of the conference championship. They lost. Horrifically to Dallas, yeah. Uh, Luka Doncic, that meme of him just staring up at Devin Booker, laughing, will haunt their franchise. Mm. Especially that that three that Chris Paul hit to reduce the 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 margin back to forty two points, just absolutely clown their franchise. Yeah. And then the year before, I think, admittedly, they lost in a pretty good series uh, in the finals to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I mean, a, 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 a final series that literally came down to a few plays ultimately. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But I think their window has now closed. It, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because in this bad loss today to the Knicks, who have found a bit of form, it must be said, interestingly, both of these teams, New York and Phoenix, are now at the exact same record, 20 wins, 18 losses. But Phoenix, their starting lineup, they had Chris Paul in, they had DeAndre Ayton in. Uh, they, it looks like they didn't have Booker today, so that obviously does make their um, their chances harder. But DeAndre Ayton, when the rumblings started with their star center of him maybe wanting to to find a way out of Phoenix, that's when it started to crumble. Yeah, and, and we've seen all those fights on court as well. I think there was a clip I saw on Twitter where uh, Ayton, I think he missed a, an easy layup or something. See Darren Booker just laughing to his teammates while, while he's off injured and just shaking his head. So there's clearly some infighting going on, and, yeah. and that's never a good recipe. And I think that they're on the decline, and I think rather than – kind of inevitably let it play out. I think start making some moves now. Start just saying, you know what, this season is probably done because they're currently seventh in the West and they're, they're on the decline. They're, like you said, 20 and 18, they just haven't looked the same uh, at all. I think some tough decisions need to be made uh, in Phoenix. Well, you know what else is going on in Phoenix right now? Potential new ownership yes. as well. So they, they could yep. be the next NBA franchise that does turn over uh, owners. And... 
having you know listened to some experts that are trying to crunch the numbers on this, the Phoenix are one of those shiny eight franchises. In, you know, in a in a big area on the west coast, that, that you know that has the potential to really blow the the roof open in terms of what it could uh, demand as as far as a, a a price tag is concerned, and we're talking in the seven eight billion range. Like it's ridiculous numbers, but to, back to your point, m- now might not be a bad time just to pack it up for the season because you're right. Like they're probably not going anywhere in this really competitive West right now, and with a new with a new ownership coming in potentially, let's get ourselves into the Victor Wembanyama stakes. <laughs> yeah, and and well, B- Booker's um, uh, he's not out for the season, but but he's out for a little while yet, and he's their their best player. When he plays, they look a completely different team. So he's not playing. Mm. So that and he's out for a while. So there's no point in just trying to be competitive. Like you said, it's a very competitive Western Conference. At the moment, they're in the play-in tournament. Yeah, and if, I feel like even if they and Chris Paul's not getting any younger. No, exactly. And and even if they make it into the play-in tournament, I think uh, if they do win, get into the playoffs, I think they'll be one of those sides that are really making up the numbers. Uh, which I never like to say about any team, but sometimes it's just a reality. You just yep. you manage to squeak in against, you know, some. Let's competitive stuff. So, yeah, that's my controversy. Phoenix, blow it up. Start again. Blow it up, Phoenix. There you go. Chuck's controversy. A big thank you to Charlie for joining us once again on Mornings. It's Phil Pryor with you, filling in for Matty White, of course. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, continue this final hour. We do have Sydney Thunder's Grinder Sandu coming in in, uh, in a short time. So looking forward to chatting him, getting back to Big Bash and uh, and finding out how confident the Thunder are that they can potentially uh, rattle some cages for the back half of this BBL campaign.